Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This is Ion Veterans Weekend, a roundup of the week's most important stories affecting those who served. Presented by University of Maryland Global Campus. There are nearly 20 million, 20 million military, military veterans, veterans in, in the, the U.S. Each week, we focus on their stories. Powered by ConnectingVets.com. This, this is CBS Ion Veterans. Ion Veterans. Welcome to another edition of CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Ion Veterans is a weekly program focused on the men and women who have served our nation in uniform and their families. We're powered by ConnectingVets.com. Always a great place to find military news, veteran news, resources, and stories about the veteran lifestyle. This hour, we'll hear why a needle in the neck may just be the solution for PTSD. Not like running around frantic, like looking out the windows all the time. Instead, it seems like you're kind of just, you're here. And we'll meet one of the most physically and mentally tough Air Force veterans alive today and hear how he survived a fight with the coronavirus. My wife's a flight attendant for American. She's been flying Asia, China and Japan, January, February, March. She's in first class serving a guy from Tokyo to L.A. And two hours out of LAX, says, oh, by the way, sorry, I'm COVID virus positive, and my oil company is flying me home to be quarantined. We were uh, positive within 18 hours. That's all coming up next. Now, in our first segment, I want to start with something that is relative to the second week of April, and that's taxes. And I don't so much want to talk about the taxes you owe, but I want to talk about the coronavirus stimulus checks that you could be receiving. See, because it's related to your IRS tax filing. And an alarming headline surfaced earlier on ConnectingVets.com this week saying millions of veterans could miss out on the $1,200 coronavirus relief checks. And here to tell us why is our Capitol Hill reporter, Abby Bennett. Abby, how are you? 
I'm great, Phil. How are you? I'm good. And let me start with the lead here and just quote your article by saying, as many as 2 million veterans could miss out on $1,200 federal coronavirus relief checks rolling out to Americans this week. Because the IRS is using information provided on previous tax returns to determine who is eligible to receive the checks and where to send them. So basically, when it comes to these relief checks, the IRS needs to know how much money you make or how much money you've made previously, and they have to know where to send it. So they need a current address or they need your direct deposit information for your bank account. Now, normally, that's all information that we all include on our tax returns so that we can get our money back from the government. But what a lot of people don't realize is that not everybody files a tax return. If you don't make enough money to qualify to need to file, or if you predominantly, if most of the money you receive in your income are benefits such as disability benefits or survivor benefits, which is the case for lots of veterans and surviving family members, you're not required to file an annual tax return every single year. And so for those people, there's a lot of concern from lawmakers in Congress and also from veteran service organizations and other advocates that those veterans could be left out of these checks because the IRS doesn't have recent tax returns for them. But the IRS has recently rolled out a website that people can go to to provide that information now The problem is not everybody has a great internet connection, not everybody has computer access, and so there's still some concern. Um, And the IRS has already said that it planned to look up information to provide checks to people who get most of their income from Social Security. And so for a lot of lawmakers and veteran advocates, the question is, why can't the IRS do something similar for veterans and surviving family members who also receive similar types of benefits and don't file taxes. So the two big concerns, it sounds like, are what if you didn't file taxes in 2018? And what if you don't have access to the internet to be able to give the IRS your information? Yes, that's absolutely right, Phil. You know, the IRS needs information on everyone in order to send these checks. They have to double check your income to make sure you qualify because not everyone qualifies for that full $1,200 amount and they have to know where to send it. Um, And the argument from lawmakers and veteran advocates is you already have this information. The federal government already has these beneficiaries, these veterans and these family members bank account information because they already send them benefits checks. So why does it have to be so difficult and why does the burden have to fall on those veterans and family members when the federal government already has this information on file? Well, those are pretty fair questions that deserve legitimate answers. But as both Abby and I are just reporters, I went to the only place I could think where I could get a straight answer. And that's my accountant, Danny Hammond from Frederick, Maryland. Danny, what's going on? Hey, Phil. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. And uh, you are a friend of mine, not only from the world of taxation and accounting, but also from AMVETS. you got some veterans in your family. And uh, an interesting story. Tell me about your grandfathers. Well, my uh, mother's father, who's still alive, he was a paratrooper with the Army, dropped into Germany. And then uh, dad's father was in Vietnam and Korea and worked his way up in the government after that. From a long line of great veteran service and uh, appreciate all that, I got a question for you. Is it possible that I could be a veteran and 
receive untaxed benefits and therefore miss out on the opportunity to receive this check? Uh, that's not my understanding. If you receive any benefits like Social Security and retirement benefits, they already have your info on file if you have a you know qualified bank set up that's receiving the direct deposits. And if you're under the adjusted gross income threshold of 75000 per taxpayer, you're going to get the full 1200 Now, what about the concern of people that say, maybe I didn't make enough to have to pay taxes, therefore they wouldn't have my info in the system? They're going to go off of your 2018 most recent filed return. So let's say you didn't make enough in 19 and you haven't filed or you just haven't filed because they moved the due date to July 15th. Um, they'll look at your 18. But now if you say, hey, I didn't file 18, I didn't make enough there either, you have to go to the irs.gov's website portal for this get my payment and um, you just enter in your banking info there. Now, what's the likelihood that there's somebody that didn't file in 2018? Um, what category of person is that? Are there people out there collecting benefits, you think, that didn't file a tax return? Or does every red-blooded American have to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and file at least once a year, even if it's a small amount? So technically, if your gross income was under $12,000, uh, you weren't required to file a 2018 tax return. Uh, that said, most everyone files a return if you get some sort of 1099 or W-2 from any sort of income source. So there's very few people out there making less than 12 grand a year is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to live on. Generally, I can find out everything I need to know at the IRS's website? IRS.gov slash coronavirus and That'll take you to all their information. Well, I wish you a happy tax season, and uh, I'm sorry the vacation gets a little delayed this year. I know April 15th is normally the you know due day, and then you're kind of on easy street. Looks like you're working through July this year, but I appreciate everything you do. Hey, you take care now. Now, it should be noted that congressmen are calling on the IRS and the VA to work together to ensure that vets and those receiving veteran benefits will get their checks. But if you don't like trusting the government to get it done, or you're like myself and you haven't filed 2019 taxes and you actually paid taxes in 2018, you want to make sure that your banking information is on file, which is why I suggest that you go to the website to ensure they have your direct deposit info. And you can find it at irs.gov coronavirus. Now I'm looking at the website right now and there's a lot of great information, uh, especially on the page called Economic Impact Payments. And on that page... It's divided into filers and information on how to get my payment and non-filers and information on how to enter your payment information. Looking further into the website, the Economic Impact Payment Information Center seems to indicate that Social Security recipients who don't normally file income tax returns uh, can also get their payments. And if they don't receive it by direct deposit, it looks like they'll be mailing out a paper check. Again, you'll want to dive into the website to make sure that they have your current address. Better safe than sorry. And if you have an aging family member or veteran in your life who has problems accessing the internet, well, now's a good time to give them a call and see how you can help. And if you want to read more, you can find Abby Bennett's article in the Coronavirus Special Features section of ConnectingVets.com. Now coming up, we'll hear how one Marine combat veteran claims a neck injection is all it took to help relieve his PTSD. That's ahead when CBS Ion Veterans returns.
Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, in this next segment, we're going to hear about how a needle in the neck may be just what the doctor should be ordering when it comes to helping vets overcome PTSD. See, it's called the stellate ganglion block, and this injection has been researched for years. First, let's start with what it is. The stellate ganglion is a collection of nerves found at the last vertebrae of your neck. Uh, the nerves are located in front of the vertebrae. Uh, they're part of the sympathetic nervous system and supply the face and the arm. The stellate ganglion has a nervous system connection with the amygdala, or the brain center. Being that I'm not a doctor, I'm not even qualified to finish explaining what it exactly is, but I do know that research has shown that injecting an anesthetic agent into the stellate ganglion can relieve symptoms of PTSD in as little as 30 minutes, and they can last for up to years. The SGB reboots the sympathetic nervous system to its pre-trauma state, similar to the way we might have to reboot our laptop. But does it work? Many researchers think so, and I personally spoke with people like retired Brigadier General Donald Bolduc, who swears it has made a difference in the special operations soldiers he served with and himself. Now, as the nations and the world collectively feel the stress of this virus that's overtaking the world, the life on quarantine, and the millions that are now out of work, it's no surprise that any vet with PTSD could easily feel overwhelmed. And that's why I want to bring to us our next guests. Our first guest is Dr. Shauna Springer, one of the nation's leading authorities on trauma, suicide prevention, and initiatives that impact the military and veteran community. And with her, joining us is Marine veteran, Marine combat veteran, Arturo Weber. Folks, welcome to the show. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Thank you. All right, Shauna, you and I go way back. Arturo, great to meet you, man. Yeah, you too. No, this is great. I'm happy to be doing this. Tell me real quick, where'd you serve and uh, where'd you go? I served in Al Anbar Province, Iraq, with Second uh, Battalion, Seventh Marines Golf Company, out of two set or out of uh, Twenty Nine Palms, out here. And uh, my was three months in, and I got I got hit by, by a sniper shot. So, and in fact, as we are talking in April of twenty twenty, this also kind of marks an interesting anniversary for you, right? Yeah, yeah, thirteen years, thirteen years. It was uh, April twelfth. And a lot has happened in those last 13 years. And before we get to Doc Springer and the SGB shot and the following therapy that goes on, uh, share with me what it was like when you first got home. When I first got back, I was um, I was actually inpatient for over a year. So, like, I mean, I, I when I was in the hospital setting, I didn't see any problems really mentally, you know, like any PTSD or survivor guilt. But it, then again, I was on a lot of medications and I was in a hospital environment anyway. So, um, I met my wife actually in the hospital and I was there for over a year. So, I mean, once we, once I got out and she was actually in my life trying to actually get me healthy, like get me out of the hospital on day trips, she actually got me on day trips. And, um, then we, she started noticing little things and I, I didn't really see them at first, but like I would snap on old ladies just because they would say something that I didn't agree with. And I mean, that's not how I was raised at all. What oh, was right. going on? Right, right. Um, and then, yeah, so, but I mean, her and I, we still ended up getting married, you know, all my flaws. Because she's only known me after. So all she's known is this angry, angry at whatever, just easily, easily flips, you know, like, that's all she's known. And, uh, but I mean, underneath it all, she knew, she knew that there was a fun loving, goofy guy in there. It's just, He's buried behind all this stuff that happened. And then now for the shot, like it's even she noticed, like he's actually engaging with me. Like he's, 
he's here, he's talking to me and actually trying to see how I'm doing, you know, kind of idea. Not like running around frantic, like looking out the windows all the time. Instead, it seems like you're kind of just, you're here. And every day it keeps, the shot keeps showing me something different that normally I'd go up and be uh, kind of closed off on my own. And instead I'm kind of trying to get out. I mean, with this whole coronavirus, it's hard to try and put it to the test getting out with people. But I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I hate to say like, be cliche and use a Disney movie, but I mean, it's a whole new world. It's weird. Now, what I think I like the most about what you just said is I can now go ahead and tell all your Marine brothers that you feel like a Disney princess. <laughs> I spent I spent all morning trying to figure out a better way to explain it. <laughs> That's why I said I did. And I was like, oh god, this is going to sound so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to let you forget that, man. That's awesome. Now, Doc Springer, go ahead and pick up right there. In fact, let me share with you the email I received from you the other day. You said when the world here in America started to fall apart, you were in the middle of testing a new model on how to treat trauma, the injection in the neck known as the stellate ganglion block, and it was immediately followed by a high-quality week-long retreat. You said that they were totally symptom-free. In fact, you said that rather than being stressed out about the whole COVID-19 thing and the news and the impending doom and gloom we see every day, that they were actually chill and in a good place. Yeah, so those that had kind of gone through this pilot is a different model for treating trauma, took everything in stride. And um, I've been keeping up with all of them, including Weber, you know, who's here with us today, so he can confirm this. But I'm getting texts from them and from their wives saying, um, you know, what did you do with my husband in the best possible sense? Um, yeah. All of this is happening in the context of a highly stressful time in our society. So what I realized basically, Phil, is that for years, I've been trying to do therapy, like many of us, um, when people are in the wrong mind state. And as a field, we've been asking our patients to integrate insights when they're in fight or flight mode. So when people are chronically sleep deprived and flooded with anxiety and surges of anger, it's hard to think straight. And so stellate ganglion block is promising to me as a psychologist because it helps my patients get in the right mind state to fully benefit from what I have to offer. Basically, it targets those biological symptoms of, of trauma, the hypervigilance, the sleep problems, the anxiety, the irritability, the concentration difficulties. And once these are addressed, people are able to learn new things. Their mind state is primed for growth. So when I realized that, I said, we've got to change the model for how we do trauma care. Got this funding, was in Chicago at Dr. Lipov's clinic, had several Marines go through the cellular ganglion block and then straight into that. Um, aftercare program called the SPAR Project in LA. And um, those that had both are just generally doing really well. So that's kind of the what I mean by a new model for trauma care. Now, what is it about this SGB? What is it about the stellate ganglion block shot that you think works? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I you think I'd ask the Marine that question? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, actually, Phil, you gave no, yeah. a tremendously... Um, insightful lead-in to that. Um, I would say that I would add it kind of prunes back the nerves that are going haywire, that when people are in fight-or-flight mode, they sort of constantly have uh, nerves pushing out and being hyperactive. And so the local anesthetic works like Novocaine in the sense that it doesn't stay in your system. So when Weber is talking about it's not like a, a feeling of being under the influence or being you know, on a medication, it doesn't stay in your system, but it changes something 
in your system that reboots your adrenaline system to the pre-trauma state. So that's why it can last for many years for some patients. When I got out of the injunctions, the, the nurse that I was with, she, she actually stopped and was just staring at me. I didn't really notice her. I was looking at the ceiling as I was coming to, and I finally saw her looking at me. I was like, oh, man, is there something wrong with me? Like, what's going on? And she looked at me and literally goes, do you realize you're smiling right now? And I was just like, I don't just smile when I'm sitting here. You know, like, there's no way. But apparently, I was just smiling, laying in a bed, waking up from anesthesia to myself. Like, I was just looking. Like the lights were brighter. I don't know. Something was weird. It was different. Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. And I tell you what, from across the country on this call, I can hear the smile and I can hear the fact that, uh, yeah, you're not ready to just barricade yourself in your house, peek out the window with your, you know, rifle at your ready and, uh, <laughs> you know, take on, <laughs> take on quarantine in a military type situation. Uh, absolutely <laughs> wonderful to how good you're doing, brother. And Doc Springer, always great to hear about your work and about the life changing results that you're experiencing and seeing with these stellate ganglion block injections. So good to talk to you both. Yeah, thank you so much. This is great. A dose of hope. Yes, in these troubled times. <laughs> you can see more about the stellate ganglion block by going to stellacenter.com. There you'll find information and case studies. And also be sure to check out Doc Springer's newest book, Warrior, How to Support Those Who Protect Us. It shines a powerful light on things like trust and stigma, firearms, the imploding mind, and the power of the human connection. Now stay tuned and we'll meet an Air Force veteran that survived the coronavirus. And we'll learn why some are calling him the fittest and mentally toughest guy in the world over 65. That's ahead when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now our next guest has either discovered the fountain of youth or is a veteran who proves anything is possible. You see, he's the author of Beyond Average, Developing Yourself Through the 20 Times Principle. The book description on Amazon kind of says it all. Mental toughness is the key to endurance events and business success. Robert Hamilton Owens is a master of the mental game. He completed five major endurance events in only one year, and he did it all at the age of 65. This former Air Force Special Operations pararescueman shares his compelling stories of overcoming physical and mental pain, and add to all this the fact that he recently survived the deadly coronavirus. So here to talk with us and inspire the heck out of us is one physically fit, probably the mentally toughest 65-year-old in America, Air Force veteran Robert Owens. Robert, welcome to the show. Wow, I want to meet this guy. You make him sound pretty good. <laughs> and I know whenever you get the introductions after you know writing a book that's kind of based on these pretty <laughs> impressive memoirs, it's got to feel kind of weird every time somebody introduces you with such a long-winded intro. But uh, I absolutely loved what I was reading. You said you wanted to challenge yourself to do things that you were told were impossible for an old guy. Well, the book, first of all, is uh, designed or written to encourage people at all ages that there's at least 20 times more potential in them than they've ever allowed someone to bring out of them. So when we train our special ops candidates, that's what we say to them. We say, you know, um, we're going to take you places that you think you want to go, but you're not sure you want to go. And so we're going to help you develop that confidence so that when you do graduate, we tell them we're going to bring 20 times more potential out of them and they're going to thank us for it someday. 
And beyond average is because I had snakes in my head when I was growing up. I had poor self-worth and didn't think I could do much. And I felt very, very mediocre and average. And it was coaches and trainers who said to me, you don't have to be average. You can do more than you think. There's more in you than you know. And so I believed in them when I didn't necessarily believe in myself and learned from a young age, you know, that I guess I'm not average. I guess I can do things. And it's the kind of thing we want to tell every kid that don't give up. Don't compare yourself with any smart kids or really gifted kids. Just be yourself. And if you'll focus and train, you can do more than you think you can. I know from some of the things I've read, uh, what a, there, there was like SEAL Team Hell Week. There was seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Talk to me about some of the achievements that you document in this book. The experiment was I wanted to see if I could grow older and stronger. So I'm talking to all the vets out there that are listening. I said, you know, I don't want to be frail when I get older. I want to play on the floor with my grandkids. I want to be agile, but I want to pull my back out, you know, different places. So I, I went and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get in good shape aerobically and anaerobically. And um, I found five events, four of which I was told, don't show up, don't try, you're too old. <laughs> just, just don't go there. So I went into three years of training. And in that three years of training, I wanted to see if I could become as strong and as anaerobically fit as I was in my 20s when I was a pararescuer. Fortunately, uh, I, I got pretty close. And so the first one was we, uh, we ran across Greece called the 300 of Sparta. We did 238 miles in eight days. And we did that as the movie 300, where the legend is that the Spartans went to meet the Persians in Thermopylae, from Sparta to Thermopylae in 238 uh, miles in eight days. So we did that as a, as a fundraiser for the guys, the contractors who died in Benghazi. It was led by a Navy SEAL chief, and we, we want to do a, a warrior march. And then the big one was uh, there's an organization called SEALSHIP with Mark Devine with Unbeatable Mind, and he uh, started a program to, to train Navy SEAL candidates, and he had a 95% success rate that if you could get through his program as an ex-Navy SEAL commander, um, you could make it through, through BUDS and HOE. So it was a 50-hour nonstop physical evolutions, we call them, where you just do one evolution after another. And um, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever tried. And I, if I'd known what I was going to get myself into with these Navy SEAL instructors, I probably wouldn't have done it. But anyway, I finished it. I'm the oldest guy to ever finish that. And then three weeks after that, I did my 12th Ironman. And then six weeks after that, ran seven marathons in seven days on seven continents for the World Marathon Challenge. And all that was to say that I wanted to, to stretch myself, and I wanted to just see if I could grow older and stronger at the same time. And it was it was a fun experiment. Well, suffice to say that you did prove you can grow older and stronger simultaneously. Uh, and unfortunately, you raised the bar for guys like me that are looking into the fourth decade on into the fifth decade now. And uh, I got some catching up to do, man. But it's but it's inspiring to know that it can be done, that the physical body and the mind are both machines that we can train beyond our own expectations. And I think that's kind of where I find it interesting in the title. You say 20 times more potential. And I've heard you say in other interviews that there's 20 times more potential in anyone and that it just needs to be pulled out. Expand on that for me. You know, most of us um, don't want pain and we don't want suffering and we don't like pressure. And everything that we want in life lies outside of our comfortability. And to, to go further and do things that you dream about, you have to embrace the emotional, the physical, the financial, the relational pain that's involved to stretch yourself. 
And so we say to these young kids, listen, um, we know you dream to be an Army Ranger. You want to be a force recon guy or a SEAL or PJ, combat control or something. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of focus and pain and developing mental toughness, mental resiliency, and learning how to, to go past your perceived mental barriers and limits. And we'll, we'll help you with that, but it's going to cost you an awful lot. And they say, sure, until they get in the middle of it. And when they get in the middle of it, they just go, oh, my God, you know, this is harder than I thought. And we say to them, like in the movie Lone Survivor with Marcus Luttrell, you know, you can do a lot more than you thought. You just need the proper training. And most of it is in the mind. Most people think it's all physical. It's not. It's a mental thing where you learn to, to go beyond what your mind is screaming at you, saying, I can't do this. And we say, yes, you can. And at any age, to accomplish anything, whether it's lose weight or stop smoking or, or, or work on some issue, you're going to have to take yourself on. And you're going to have to mentally go into your brain and challenge yourself and then say, I'm not going to quit. Yeah. And some of that gets back to your roots as well. Talk to me about uh, maybe where you first discovered that as an Air Force pararescueman. And for those listening, sort of explain why that's almost a unicorn in the military. You could go your whole career and never actually meet one. You know, it's the smallest of all the special ops communities. As a matter of fact, we didn't call ourselves special ops back then. Um, when I was in, there was 200 of us and there was 3,000 Navy SEALs. And that was because we learned to train alone. We're paramedics, and it's our job to get in and rescue Navy, Army, Air Force, Marine folks. And so it's a, it's a different kind of mindset. Where when I was in, there was only nine bases in the world where we were located. And it was just a, a different small community. And so most people have never heard of them. I hope that every vet that's listening to this, we'll go see the movie Last Full Measure. Last Full Measure is a, a movie about our only Medal of Honor winner, Pittsburgher, uh, and it's a movie uh, that's true, and President Clinton gave his parents the Medal of Honor award years after he died saving Army guys. And so the Last Full Measure is just a tremendous flick, but it, it talks about our community, which is the pararescue community. And uh, I had a staff sergeant, you know, he looked at me and he just said, uh, I'm not going to hurt you and I'm not going to touch you, but I'm going to crush you. And you're going to thank me someday for crushing you. And the people who you save, who have banked their lives, that you're going to come rescue them. They're going to thank you that I'm going to crush you. And I remember I was in the plank position out in Texas in the hot sun. And he just looked at me and said, is that okay with you, Owens? And I said, Yes, sir. And he proceeded to crush me and my whole class. But uh, when we graduated, we thanked him. And uh, later on, when we were rescuing people. People thanked us like, where'd you come from? You say, well, it's a long journey, but we train to make sure that you live. Uh, on our beret, it says that others may live. And so it's a, it's a wonderful community. A lot of guys want to become doctors or physician's assistants or male nurses or do all kinds of medical things. But we start off in our 20s being these paramedic guys that learn to cut and sew and set bones do we do anything in the field that we have to to make sure that somebody else lives now when we come back we'll go from hearing about how robert owen's life of physical training to help save lives will be the crucial part of saving his own as he battled the coronavirus broke the fever break it again and break it again uh all of a sudden she's getting the cold sweat and the fever that's ahead when CBS Ion Veterans returns. 
Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now we've been talking with Air Force veteran Robert Owens, the former special operations pararescueman and the author of the book Beyond Average, Developing Yourself Through the 20 Times Principle. As we just heard, the 65-year-old trained to complete triathlons, 280-mile endurance runs, and a Navy SEAL Hell Week type course that most people couldn't complete in their 20s. But as we're about to hear, his biggest battle this year wasn't against Father Time. It was against the deadly coronavirus. You know, the, the story is one that everybody would just cringe at. My wife's a flight attendant for American. She's been flying Asia, China and Japan, January, February, March. She's a purser on a plane, which means she runs the, the crew. And um, she's in first class serving a guy from Tokyo to L.A. And two hours out of LAX, says, oh, by the way, sorry, I'm COVID virus positive. I work for an oil company, and my oil company is flying me home to be quarantined. And she just looked at it. She'd been serving you know, all of her meals and stuff, and three or four feet away from him, taking his cups and glasses. So anyways, she just looks at wow, thanks. Anyway, she got off the plane, mm. and this guy, you can imagine, he was, he was positive flying to, from Tokyo to L.A. Then he caught another flight from L.A. to Denver. Then he caught another flight from Denver to Houston where his oil company quarantined him. So he was, he was infecting everybody. And so she came home and wrote it up, wrote management, wrote her union. And she looked at me and she said, this was nuts. And two days later, I have a fever. And I just go, what in the world? I, this, I haven't had the flu in years. And so... All of a sudden, you know, you find yourself sick. And I call my doc and I go, you know, either I'm having a coincidence, I'm having a flu thing. And I told him the story about the, the flight from Tokyo. And he said, you and your wife get in here. And so for some reason, he tested us. And we were, we were uh, positive within 18 hours. I got it within two days. She had no symptoms. And so when I'm coming out of it about day eight, day nine, uh, all of a sudden, she's getting the, the cold sweat and the fever. And all of a sudden, she kicks into gear. So she didn't have any symptoms for almost 10 days. And we, we both wrote it out. Broke the fever, break it again, and break it again. And you just keep, you know, going back to bed, drinking fluids. The doc says, just write it out. Take Tylenol. You know, as I mentioned to you before the program, I just had my first workout in 33 days. And it's been a trip because you think you're over it. But then on day 20, you go, I don't feel good. And then you get through it somehow, and then... Day 25, I don't feel good. And you just keep thinking, when is this thing going to back off and leave me alone? I just want to go back to normal. So I think, even though I feel like coughing half the time, I think I'm through it at day 33 and I'm back outside and she's up and at it. You know, we don't hang around any people per se because uh, you can't get a test. At least I haven't been able to get a test to say that I'm clean. And I don't want to, I don't know when this thing is going to go uh, and leave permanently. There's a gal yesterday on the news that she got it for a second time. I went, oh, I don't want to hear that. But anyway, you just work through it, and you, um, you drink a lot, sleep a lot, break those fevers, and it has its ebbs and flows. And finally, for us, just finally faded away. Wow. Now, granted, I know you've got an extreme physical background and, you know, as an athlete for virtually most of your life now. Um, was there any moment during that that you were scared that, you know, that this might kill you? You know, honestly... Um, I wasn't ever scared. People called me, are you, are you afraid and panicked? And I, you know, the way we're trained, the way I we work with kids, I don't have problems. Problems are negative. I have opportunities. I have challenges. They're positive. 
And so when I get sick or something happens to me, my first response is, great, bring it on. Let's ride this puppy. We're going to get through this. Um, it's just another adventure. I've been sick before. I'll be sick again. And uh, if you get this thing one time, like measles, mumps, chicken pox, <laughs> I'm done. And so let's get through this. And so I never was bummed in that sense. I just didn't feel good. But I, I never wanted to, to let the snakes in my head, the negative thought, thoughts get into my head. And I work real hard um, to, to um, do mental work. Like going to a physical gym, I go to a mental gym and I work daily on staying positive and not let anything rock me. And uh, every day it's, it's, a, it's a work and I work at it. Mm, that's amazing. And actually some of the best advice I've ever heard. Of course, we could all say that we've heard about fruits and vegetables and eating right. We can all say we've heard about running on the treadmill or, or picking up some weights or getting our butt in the gym and at least exercising. But that mental workout aspect is something really kind of fascinating. Uh, share with me just before we close, one thing you might do on a daily basis or weekly basis mentally that kind of charges your battery. Well, I start... Um, and I encourage the, the listeners to go to Unbeatable Mind with Mark Devine. And it's the program that he teaches his Navy SEAL candidates or business executives. Same thing. It works for me. As soon as I wake up in the morning, um, I'll roll out of bed. I'll put my feet on the floor and I'll go into box breathing. And box breathing is a mental, uh, physical exercise of breathing as if you're doing four seconds up and four seconds across and four seconds down and four seconds along the bottom. And what it does is it takes every thought in your brain and pushes it out. So you can't do a box breathing and think other thoughts. And when I do that, when I start, I push every potential negative thought and feeling out and I begin to program my mind from that point on, this is my day and this is what's going to happen today. And it's going to be a great day. And I got, I'm on my focus. And I do that stuff because if I'm not careful, when I wake up, I'll ask myself how I feel. And if I ask myself how I feel, who knows what's going to go on in my brain? So I want to take control and focus as soon as I can. And I do that a lot by, by doing this mental exercise of box breathing, which, which triggers in me. I am now going to go to a place that I want to go, and I'm going to set up my, my mind for the day. And um, it's, it's a mental workout as much as you do a physical workout. And it, all of us have an opportunity to think by our feelings. And if you live by your feelings, you probably won't do a lot of things in life. And so you just go in and, and get control of your brain and say, this is my brain, not somebody else's brain. Nobody else owns it. There's nobody else setting up real estate in my head. I'm taking control of my brain, and I'm going to think and position myself to have a great day. And you can do that at, when you wake up and at lunchtime. You can do that before you go to dinner or before you go to sleep. This was a great day. This is what tomorrow is going to look like. I'm going to work on it. And it's extreme focusing. But you get more accomplished. And you don't have the ups and downs that most people have who say, you know, how do I feel today? Or I ate too much. Or my stomach is this or that. Just, I'm, going to, I'm going to not let those things take control of my life. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've put together in this book. Again, it's Beyond Average, Developing Yourself Through the 20 Times Principle, available everywhere you get books. And uh, I just can't thank you enough for everything you put down. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, thanks for all that you do for vets. And uh, thank you for encouraging folks during this time. And 
you know, this quarantine can either bring the best out in us or it can bring the worst. And that's what pressure does. And so I encourage the listeners to find a way to grow and take on things uh, during this quarantine time. And this is a time to reboot and, and grow and tackle things and get wins. And that's where we'll leave it for this week. You can also find this episode and more in the audio section of ConnectingVets.com. I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll be back next week with more great stories from great American vets on CBS Eye on Veterans. Eye on Veterans Weekend has been presented by University of Maryland Global Campus. Choose from 90-plus programs and specializations to accelerate your military or civilian career and find out how our dedicated military and veteran advisors can help you navigate your benefits to save you time and money. University of Maryland Global Campus. Find out how we're made for you. Visit umgc.edu. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.